Hi, and welcome to another episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Shell, and <laughs> oh my gosh, so I have so much um, to say and so little time to say it. So, and then I'm limited also in what I can say at this point. Um, I'm in a season that I really can't say a lot about what's going on in my life, but it's good stuff. Um, I have a lot of things on the fire, a lot of pots that are cooking, uh, but I think that it's important to uh, to just uh, kind of keep that private until I can say, until I am at liberty to say. But what I will say is that there are some good things that are coming for me in 2019 and I'm very happy for those things. So I'm going to be a little cryptic in some of my podcasts, but forgive me when it's time to share the joys and the highs, I will. Um, I I know I'm good about sharing the lows, the times where, you know, things that were not going right and what I learned from them. And I'm going to be better about sharing the highs as well. But right now at this point in the season of my life, I really cannot share everything. So what I will uh, talk about today is um, overcoming your weaknesses. And I have a good story. Um, I have a a few good stories, actually. Um, So this is Let's Chat, Overcoming Your Weakness. Um, So for me, I guess a story is important um, because it helps me to really organize my thoughts and stay on task. We're talking about overcoming our weaknesses, and I definitely have... um, I wouldn't say I have the market cornered on weaknesses, but I definitely feel that my weaknesses have been some of the things that God has used to to elevate me. Um, One of the things that I noticed that I'm weak about is, um, and this is just my humanity, is just this desire to please everyone. Um, If you don't know by now, I, I don't think I've ever really shared this, but I'm from a big family. Out of 10 kids, I'm number eight. Um, So I I fall um, pretty late in the game uh, as far as my siblings. So I'm actually pretty much the younger sister. Um, But definitely out of my parents' last five kids, I'm number, I'm in the middle. And so um, middle child syndrome is a real thing. Um, There's a very much a look at me look how good I am type of element that comes with uh, that numbering. And unless you are a middle child, you will not understand this. And I think that a lot of middle child children become great entertainers because you learn how to, one, entertain yourself, but two, how uh, you, you learn very quickly that um, either you're going to get positive attention or negative attention, and you have to choose which kind you like. Um, and I have chosen, um, well, as a child, I tried to literally, uh, just blend in, just camouflage. And as an adult, I realized that I had a lot of tendencies as a child that carried over to my adulthood because I didn't understand myself. And it was trying to be, um, trying to be liked by everybody. (laughs) I didn't want to shake any anything up 
So I tolerated a lot of foolishness in my life because I was like, well, I want this person to stay around. You know, I don't want them to be unhappy with me because I still was fighting a lot of insecurities about that. This naturally that come with being a middle child. But then on top of that, being in a household where you have like my older brother, my oldest sister, just bringing these awesome grades home. And, you know, I am not a fool by far. Um, In school, I would say I was one of my teachers would consistently say I was definitely one of their brightest children. I've always performed well, but in the shadow of my older sister, I didn't um, perform well. So when my sister would get praised for her grades, I just decided I wanted to stop trying because in my mind, there was only room for one of us to do well. And and that was her. So um, I decided that I would like hang back and let her shine. And I kind of took this mentality. Uh, if there's somebody in the room that's good, then I, I don't, I'm okay to not be the best. And um, that mentality has hurt me in so many ways. It's kept me from going for promotions that I know I could have and should have taken. Um, but it's also kept me in my, um, it's very, very much kept me away from some opportunities too, that were probably very harmful for my career or for my mentality. So it, I think it evens out. Um, so one of the things that I can say is that I ended up being, um, just under, underperforming in school very much, um, because comparison is a thief of joy. You know, I was, I would be in my own lane. I'd be doing my own thing, just happy to be me. And then, you know, the comparison would come like, well, you know, your sister got this grade. And I think my parents were doing it definitely from a positive place, but it hurt. It hurt when you compare one child's academic achievements to another. And I was just like, why keep on trying? Because even at my best, I may not pull down the grades that she pulled down. Because school as a child was not my priority. You know, as a child, I'm a creative. I've always been one. And even though my grades were stellar at first, um, I am a creative. And so a lot of times I would daydream. Um, even, Even at my... I think in in high school and in um, middle school and even in elementary, I was read above my age uh, group because I love books and I love to create and I love to imagine. And just imagine that me being a person that is creative and then my imagination would go off, trail off. And because I had the ability to still perform well and not pay attention to my schoolwork, that's what I did. You know, it wasn't my, probably wasn't my best, um, but I definitely was um, giving it what I could because I learned very different than other people. So, you know, being a creative, I needed more creative outlet and I did not know that I needed that. So I, as an adult, it has affected me because I will like do things with my nieces and nephews like we'll go to a how to draw page on YouTube and we have like these little canvases that we make and we just draw things, you know, um, we 
well, I'll just write something or I'll just make a video or do a podcast. And it's a release for my creative outlet and it's a positive way that I can talk. And, and, um, I'm also a talker. Like I learned through talking. I, I'm a verbal processor. It drives people insane because I, I think out loud and they think I'm talking to them and it can be problematic for me. Uh, at times because I have to process things out loud and people think I'm talking to them or sometimes I say exactly what's on my mind and it hurts other people because it's my unfiltered thought. It's not something that has been filtered through niceties and so it hurts other people's feelings and when it does, I have to correct. But um, I'm saying all this to say is these are obstacles. These are weaknesses um, that I have, weaknesses in my flesh and in my soul, and even in my personality that have been used to elevate me. And I know that I will always speak to people. Now, as a kid, people used to tell me I talked too much, but they just never listened to what I had to say. (laughs) Because I'm a verbal processor. So I guess they just assumed everything I had to say was trash. And then I found out I'm really good at speaking. Um, And it's a talent. And it's been developed over time because I've learned what to say. Um, And so now my my voice can either be a weapon uh, and a tool used against the enemy. Or it can be something that I use against myself. And I've learned how not to shoot myself in the foot with the things that I say and how to um, to just treat people well and not um, attack people. Because I know with my words, I can be very, because here's the thing, a lot of people make assumptions about you based off of what they, what, what you present them with. And so because a lot of times when I meet people, I come off like very down to earth, very chill, uh, very naive because I don't just let you know exactly what I know right off the, the bat. People assume that I'm an idiot or that I don't see their tactics. But um, so, I mean, that's just how it is. People will try to get over on you if they can. Um, so a lot of times people, when I meet someone who does not have a right, the right agenda, I'm totally silent at first because that's just how I am as a person. I'm just watching. I'm just observing. And I might, I might even say like, Hey, you know, are you doing this? Is this what you're doing? And they'll say, no, I'm like, Oh, okay. I have a very, Oh, okay. Demeanor about myself. Like, okay, you said it's this, so I'm going to believe you until you show me something different. And so my weakness being that I come off naive (laughs) works for me. I'm going to tell you how. Um, So there was a person who was doing something and I knew what they were doing from the very beginning. And they were trying to be sneaky about this particular thing. And I knew that they were doing it. I knew the whole, I mean, I knew the underlay for the overplay. I had the backstory and they were trying to do sneaky, do something sneaky involving another person. So I talked to the other person and then I talked to them. And so they were like, well, this and this is going on. 
Um, this is not, I'm not going to do this certain thing. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, just a very okay spirit about myself. But within, I knew that they were going to do something different. And it's hard to explain within when you don't really uh, have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. But, or you don't have intuition. Because I think intuition is something that all people can have. Um, but just within, I knew. Can't say if it was the Holy Spirit. Can't say if it was intuition. But I just knew within that this person was lying to me that presented with this opportunity to do this thing that they said that they were not going to do. They would do it. I knew that they would. And I just knew that they were going to try to make it seem like it was something else. Like, let's say they told me that they're not going to go to the grocery store on Tuesday. And let's say they're planning on going to the grocery store with another person. So let's say person A says they're not going to the grocery store at all and on Tuesday. And I know for a fact that they are going to the grocery store just from intuition and that they're going to go with this other person, person B. So I talked to person A and then I happened to talk to person B this before any of this went down. And person B was like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to I'm going to do this. X, Y, and Z. And both of them are talking like they're not going to the grocery store. So I was just like, okay. I said, oh, okay, to both people. I'm like, okay. Um, Okay, that's fine. So the day comes, Tuesday. The day comes. Let's say the day is Tuesday. So, you know, normally person A is texting me all day, you know, even even to the point where it's been a distraction in my life at, up until this point because I can get a lot of work done if I focus and which is why I have taken a social media break because I need a I need a lot of focus and I know that if I take a break from social media and my phone um, and I'm so detached from my phone majority of the time my phone is off or uh, silent or I don't know and I gotta have somebody call it because I'm so detached, I really don't know where my phone is at all times. Um, so that's the thing. But this person at the time was just texting the crap out of me all the time, all day, all day, all day, regardless of what I had going on. This day, radio silence from this person. And um, radio silence from this other person. But this other person, I expect this out of this other person. The only person who changed their behavior was person A. So my in my naivete, you know, coming off like a very naive person, I didn't say anything to person A um, until it was time. So person A uh, just ghost on Tuesday uh, until after their excursion. So like let's say they, they took a trip to Walmart and it lasted, you know, during the time where they normally text. So, you know, they later on pop up on the scene and say, oh, you know, I wasn't available during this time to this time because I was, let's just say, eating dinner with my family. Um, and, you know, that dinner normally lasts 30 minutes to an hour and it was just been all day. So, you know, the thing is, they didn't have to lie to me about this because I didn't care. 
Um, I didn't care if they were radio silence because I can get anything done in that time. But I know that you're lying to me. And, and I'm the type of person that I have to find out why you're lying to me. Because it's going to be problematic for me. Um, because lies, people are going to lie. That's just, that's how it is. And sometimes there's various reasons why people lie. Some people lie because they can't, their truth is just too much. And if that's the case, okay. Your truth is just too much. I can deal with that. What I can't deal with is manipulation and deception. Because if, I mean, like I said, in my weakness of trying to please people, I've tolerated a lot of abuse. So at this point, my abuse tolerance is just zero. Like I have a zero tolerance for manipulation and I have a zero tolerance policy for like just mess. If, if I suspect you're lying to me because you're trying to deceive me, you're trying to pull wool over my eyes because it serves your purpose, then I'm going to be aggressive about that because I've been abused and I don't need more of that. So, you know, just saying all that, it's been, um, so let's just say the next day goes by and I don't address it. And person A thinks they're in the clear. Next day goes, nothing happens. Let's say a week goes by and I don't say anything. So person A and I are talking. And they were like, they mentioned trust. And I was like, well, I don't trust you because you lied to me about this. And I was like, and for me, when someone lies, I lose trust for them. I lose trust for them because, you know, I am naturally a very trusting person. I, I'm one of those people who gives you trust up front. So I'll trust you until you give me a reason not to trust. And that is huge for me because that's a healing because I used to not trust anybody until they earned it. Now I give trust up front until you lose it. And so that person was like totally taken off guard because I didn't address it the day of. I didn't even address it the day after. And so my obstacle was I come off very naive. And because of that, a lot of people perceive me in a certain way. Um... So what do you do in that case? What if your weakness is that your weakness, and I use air quotations because I don't necessarily think that coming off as a naive person is necessarily a weak thing. I think that it is um, actually strength because people assume make assumptions about you and a lot of times it's power when you know what's going on and people don't think you do and so I I've I mean I've been in there in a situation where somebody tried to mansplain something to me about my car and the Holy Spirit has taught me so much stuff about my car and I've read a lot about my car and they've tried to lie to me and tell me it was one thing like let's say they they told me I needed a new transmission and I'm like no because the leak that I have is not a transmission leak. Otherwise, it would have this kind type of emission. And like, but I didn't immediately come with that. I would let them lie to me for a couple sentences. I would get their, let them get their lie out. And then I'd be like, hey, no, it's this. Um, because I just got so fed up with them 
them in their words and what they were trying to say and do. And then there's a loss of trust there because you showed me your color. So with this person, when they told me, you know, I didn't do X, Y, and Z, and then I knew that they had, and I knew that they were lying. I did. The only part of the story that I didn't know is why they were lying. And they were like, well, basically I'm not lying. I just neglected to tell you this, like basically telling me it was omission and that's still lie, a lie. And, um, I was just like, okay, you know, I just kind of shrugged it off. Like "Mm, it's it's whatever, but I didn't trust that person afterwards because, and I still don't think that I should trust that person because the, their explanation and their excuse for lying was not right. Um, so something that has been, that has been my weakness, which is being a very down to earth, very approachable type of person. And I'm not the type of person that if you make a mistake, I immediately cut you off. I have to get all the facts first or majority of the facts before I make an executive decision like that. Because if I did that, if every time somebody did something shady, I just immediately cut them off. I would literally be a lonely person people do things all the time and some of it's shade and some of it's not sometimes people are just going through something in their lives what I saw about that person is that they were willing to deceive me if it added to their greater good and the thing that they thought they were gonna have the thing that they were manipulating so tough for the thing that they were you know lying about was not it chief ended up not getting what they thought they were going to get. So lying and deception actually hurt them. And my naivety actually showed me who a person was before I invested my time into a relationship with them deeper than what I would have had had they not been a manipulator. So the lesson there is that sometimes things can appear to be a weakness. And it is. In a, in a sense, it is because nobody wants to be lied to. It's not a comfortable feeling when you realize someone's lying to you. But at the same time, it can save you a business relationship. It can cost you, you know, it could save you a friendship from being friends with someone, a toxic friendship. It can save you from being in a, a, a relationship with someone who is deceptive or, you know, just having that um, just very naive uh, persona about yourself and then being like, nope, surprise, I know everything. Um, it can be um, it can be a way that you overcome that obstacle. Um, I'm one of those people that I will let you lie to my face. I'm not going to try to stop you. I'm not going to cut you off normally unless it's just something that's egregious. And if I don't immediately cut it off, there's going to be a... a Uh, spin out. I will see how far you're going to go in your deception. I am one of those people and my overcoming my obstacle was first taking something that other people view as a weakness and even myself, right? Because it, it, it can be ugly when you see how manipulative other people can be. But also I turned it around for a tool. Like I've used talking for um, a tool to heal. I, so in the same way I've used my naivety 
to to see how deep other people can either the very best in people because some people will not take advantage of you no matter how easy you make it for them they will not take advantage of you and then some people if it's in them they just will so being naive has become not an obstacle for me anymore it's become a tool to see what's really in a person whether it's good or bad if it's bad they'll they'll let you they'll they'll you know let you believe some crazy stuff or they'll lie to you about something that seemingly insignificant don't ignore those kinds of things <laughs> because I'm telling you with this person I don't think I was wrong and I still don't feel like that to this day I feel like I was right in not pursuing a relationship with them because of their own actions because their own actions were saying they are not to be trusted and following my gut on that and not trusting them was important it came in clutch because later on I had to trust them for something and they just totally flaked out on it so you know the lesson here is that no matter what your obstacle is it can be you know you're very talkative you're very creative but you're in a space where you know academic academics are you know king you can use just your ability to talk um to help you problem solve, right? It can help you. Um, I talk out loud. If I cannot talk out loud, I really can't do math. I perform so much better at math when I'm allowed to just talk out loud and process things. Um, So it's not that I can't do math. It's that I can do math, but I have to have some kind of accommodation for that. I have to be able to talk. And if it's a totally silent test, I'm going to probably not perform as as well as other people know. And these are things I learned as an adult. So if you're a parent and you have children and, and you don't understand why your child is not performing well, um, I can assure you um, they could be having a different learning style than what the teacher is teaching on. And her teaching style or his teaching style might not be helpful to your child. So that's something that you should look into. And it can be an obstacle that later becomes something that they really excel at. And that is why, you know, this is not like any shade or any um, hints or anything. But Montessori learning is one of my favorite kind because Montessori causes kids to work on things that they're good at and things um, that they're not so good at. And they kind of just really play up their strengths. Um, play to their strengths and really minimize their weaknesses and I think that that because it plays into their learning styles I think is so much better than um, the traditional school of learning Uh, because why not excel at the things that we're good at why not excel at those things and then work on our weaknesses too Um, use our turn our weaknesses around Turn them from obstacles to things that we use to boost us, to give us that extra lift. Um, and our weaknesses are are important. I feel like God has allowed us humanity. And it is so that we can reach a dying world. But in reality, 
our humanity also keeps us from being high-minded because it's like, hey, you can be strong, totally strong in one area and I'm totally strong in another. You know, one thing I know that I have, I excel at is people skills, but sometimes like the technical sides of things can really get me down. And so when I see other people really excelling at the technical side, but they have no people skills, I'm like, oof, this is where I come in. So your weakness doesn't, you know, I don't have to expose your weakness. I can actually um, fill in where you're weak and you can fill in where I'm weak. You know, that is, that's how it works, folks. That's how relationships get better and better over time is that there is a, um, there's someone who really excels at one thing and then that person will do uh, not so well at something else. And that's where we, we should fill in. We shouldn't see people's perceived weaknesses as an opportunity to um, to jump in there and manipulate them. We should see people's perceived weaknesses as an opportunity to um, help them excel by doing what we're good at and vice versa. I think that's how it should work. Friendship should be an exchange of people who maybe are not strong in all the same areas, but some have weaknesses and some have strengths and you kind of fill in where they're weak, you know? So that's all our time. Oh my gosh. This 30 minutes goes by so fast, but I gotta say that if you're a person who it has a weakness and you realize that you have a weakness and you want to know how to overcome the obstacle, I say normally part of your solution is in your problem. So think about that. And until next time, let's chat.